Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, we take a look back at some classic anthropomorphic animal cartoons as we put the busy world of Richard Scarry up against Little Bear. And we take a special look at Baba the Elephant. Not Baba, but Baba. And if you think it's all about a bunch of cute elephants, well think again. We all might be stuck inside and self-isolating, but I'll be here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And joining me, as ever, it's a key worker and producer <laughs> Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Yay! You know what? I uh, I went outside and I I clapped for the key workers on Thursday because it wasn't just NHS anymore; it was for all key workers. Well, first of all, I didn't even know about the clapping thing. I always know retrospectively. So when someone says, "Oh, did you clap for the nurses or whatever?" and I'm like, "That was happening." Oh, that's what that noise was. The people beeping their horns and clapping. And yeah, stuff. why? Why are there so many people with pots and pans out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if it's because I don't like, I don't generally do social media, and I don't, you know, I don't have too many WhatsApp groups on the way. I, I don't hear about these things until after they have it, and then someone says, "Oh, did you do it?" Like if there, if there was like a, a mass evacuation from London, I'd be the last to know. I think. <laughs> they'd be like it was trending on twitter <laughs> i don't have twitter exactly i think there was someone on our road that i could hear going three two one Woo! <laughs> started clapping, so i think we had like a a designated busybody on our road oh there's always one there's always one yeah it's like busy beth getting her some <laughs> pans out going Woo, let's go let's go but no, I think this week it was uh, key workers as well. So it wasn't just nurses and carers. and. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wasn't a key worker. Oh. Um, <laughs> actually, that's not true. I mean, I quite, I, I like my job, so it's a bit, so it's okay. I mean, it's just weird that, like, you know, you go in to work and no one else is there, you know. Mm. It's, it's proper like this would be the perfect time if you're a film company to be shooting post-apocalyptic um films because there's literally no one on the street that i saw like well, no you won't police officers will stop you no but i mean there'd be loads of police there's, all there is is policemen and like pigeons <laughs> i bet the pigeons are wondering where are all the humans yeah. gone <laughs> yeah they're starving to death <laughs> they're not are they fed. all endangered do you know what i, I want i do wonder if they're gonna start like starving a bit because why would they because surely they get fed by tourists and people and stuff like that they don't like, yeah, but you're not supposed to you're not supposed to but that's how they get all their food though isn't it really i, I don't know I, I think pigeons can eat pigeons do eat i'm sure no, but, yeah but i'm thinking like if you think what we from... give them is additional yeah but if you think of like uh uh how you know, generationally, generationally, you kind of learn things, right? So, like this generation, as like a generation as a whole, can't cook as well as previous generations, right? Maybe the this generation of pigeons can't forage as well as the previous generation. Maybe, That's all I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe, but um, yeah, it it is all now that the weather's getting better. It's just going to be a a real 
test to see whether people can really stay inside because I'm seeing yeah. people out and about. Yep. And it's yep. like, go inside, you idiots. Yeah, there's loads of people around the field, around the back of my house, just like, I mean, obviously, the, yeah, yeah. the guidance is go out for a walk, you know, go to have some exercise. Yeah, exactly. But people are sitting there having picnics in the park and and just yeah. chilling out in the field. Then, it's, you know, I mean, obviously, I can understand that, like, not everybody has a garden, so it must be quite difficult for them. But, um, you know, we're not doing it. We're not, you know, we're not being kept inside for the fun of it. We're being kept inside so we don't spread the coronavirus. And we don't die. Exactly. Yeah. Or kill, or kill other people. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's very ridiculous. And I could probably go on forever about how people are stupid, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe some of them are listening to the podcast, so maybe I won't slag them off too much. <laughs> So I think yeah, let's uh, let's 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 get this uh, let's get this party started, and uh, we're going to start with the busy world of Richard Scarry. So we're going back to March nineteen ninety four. I'm sure we've done shows in March nineteen ninety four, but uh, yeah, whatever, we're doing it again. So ANC chief Nelson Mandela rejects demand by white right wingers for a separate homeland in South Africa. The People's Republic of China gets its first connection to the internet. Apple Computer Incorporated releases the Power Macintosh, which is the first Macintosh computer to use the new PowerPC microprocessor. Four Weddings and a Funeral was in the cinema. And The Sign by Ace of Base was number one in the charts. Judging by your blank stare there, I think we... Uh... <laughs> It's 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 as you were, isn't it? Yes, completely. So now we're going on to the busy world of Richard Scarry. So this is an animated children's television series produced by Cinar Animation, which is now known as DHX Media, and France Animation in association with Paramount Television. And these were based on the books drawn and written by Richard Scarry. The series takes place in the fictional city of Busy Town and mainly stars like Huckle Cat, Lowly Worm, and many other residents who reside in Busy Town. Every human or animal in the series is a, an anthropomorphic animal. So you've got pigs, foxes, dogs, mice, rabbits, goats, and cats. And each episode will feature a conflict, which is always resolved in the end. And you might have other episodes which include Couscous and you have Sam, Dudley, Sneef and Sniff, Cucumber and Pickles and they're taking place outside of Busy Town and other places around the world including Rio de Janeiro and Morocco. A little bit about Richard Scarry. So he was born in Boston in 1918 and he was drafted into the US Army during the Second World War and after the war Scarry worked for the art departments of various magazines before making a career breakthrough in 1949 with Little Golden Books. And obviously his most famous works or series of books was about Busy Town. And yeah, his books were very popular around the world, sold over 100 million copies and translated into dozens of languages. And yeah, as I was saying, his uh, characters are always common animal species some of the characters of uh the busy world of richard scary so uh, pay attention produce paul 
We've got Huckle Cat, Lowly Worm, Fiona Cat, Sergeant Murphy, Dr. Lion, Mr. Raccoon, Mr. Fumble, Mr. Gronkle, Mayor Fox, Sally Cat, Hilda Hippo, P.S. Pig, Thump, Deputy Flo, John Cat, Mr. Humperdink, Scotty Dog, Pedro, Wolfgang Wolf, Billy Dog, Bananas Gorilla, Mr. Fixit, Sniff, Pickles, Sprout Goat, Dennis Elephant, Kenny Bear, Pig Will, Pig Won't, Miss Honey, <laughs> Cucumber, <laughs> Professor Dog, April Rhino, Squirty, Linny Raccoon, Kenny Bear, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Gronkle, Robbie Lion, and Russ. <sighs> I'm sure I didn't watch episodes with all of those characters in, but uh, yeah, those are the ones that I uh, could write down and had the. Uh, before I was going to lose the will to live, I'm sure there's more characters, but yeah, those are the ones I could. Uh, I mean, I, could I can't remember the characters down. at the best of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the first. My first note on this is <laughs> Richard Scarry characters, all five million of them. But, <laughs> it just seems to be it's so a, many characters. It's a, it's a busy world, busy town. It wasn't lying. So yeah, I mean, jump into it, Paul. Get into it. I mean, I hadn't seen this before. Did it air over here? Did you not? Yeah, yeah, it did. I used to remember watching this a lot as a kid. It looked like a book. Do you know, like the illustration kind of looked like a book illustration. Yeah. Um, and the first thing it was just like there was so much going on, so many characters. Yeah. One of my favorite bits of the whole show was the little interlude in the in the middle of each episode. So like oh, they'd, so... they'd have like a kind of a mini come outside episode. Yeah, and it's like I was like, wow. Play it safe. There, there was a play it safe one. There was the one that made me laugh. And was imagine the, that. The the how it's made one. I don't know what that. Yeah, was imagine called. that. It was called yeah. Imagine That. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they did like how paper was made one. And I was like, that was incredible. I didn't know that. Really? I mean, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure there was a song involved and I'm sure you would have not liked that. I mean, I was like impressed because like, everyone, I think, in the whole world is a fan of Come Outside, right? Yeah. Pip and the Dog, Aunt Mabel and, you know. So that it's just like a mini Come Outside episode in the like right in the middle of the... Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm again, like I said, I am surprised because I'm sure it, it was accompanied with a song. So if it was paper, I'm guessing the song would have been, this is how you make the paper. Cut the tree, cut the tree, cut the tree. Put <laughs> the tree in the machine. And that's how you make paper. I'm sure it was something along those that's lines. And... almost exactly how it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I remember watching this very very fondly as a kid like vividly i remember again it used to come on cbbc right after school yeah so again it might be one of those shows where people are just about getting in they probably missed like the first couple of shows that they would put on and yeah. uh yeah yeah this used to come on cbbc like right straight right, after right after school. Right after we were all getting in from school or whatever the busy world, which is would be like one of the first things that comes on, and I, and I think it is like a good, a good opening show to yeah. like a. If you're watching like sustained programming or whatnot, this is like a good kickoff show. Well, it's like there's like five minute episodes, right? Three episodes and a couple yeah, of interludes yeah, yeah. in the middle. Like that's almost perfect viewing for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I did I, I did I did find it a bit boring in places when I was watching it now. But in in the main I did I did like it. I did like the messaging. Oh oh one thing I didn't like was the bad accents. Like Sergeant Murphy. If you were to take a stab in the dark where a Sergeant Murphy would come from, where would you say? Well, if if I was not to know where he what his accent was now, I'd say Ireland, but he sounded Scottish yeah. to me. He sounded Irish. Did he? Yeah. Well, to me, I, I thought he was trying to portray an Irish Copper. police officer. Yeah. Oh, yes. Move along. Move along. I said, Sergeant Murphy over here. Maybe I, maybe I was just... The first episode I watched had him in it, but I was like, oh, he's Scottish, but maybe you're why right. Are, why are old TV shows' accents lazy? Why? What? What? It's 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 cringe when I watch it now, and obviously this isn't the only show. I think it's like a lot. Look at it from the producer's perspective. They're like the kids are just watching this; they don't even know. So, oh just... oh oh, they know. <laughs> the kids know. They been know. Like this is it's lazy. Yeah. It, 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 and you know what it the crazy lazy. thing about all of this is? It's actually cheaper to get an actual Irish person to do the voice instead of just doing this whole idea of um, an Irish accent. I think part of it comes down to like, remember when we were talking about fire and Sam last week was um, the fact that American listeners would often struggle with the, the the Welsh accent. And I think maybe one of the things that they would do American or even Canadian in this, in this context is that they would, find someone who would have that accent and then they would just be like right this is an irish person yeah yeah. we're gonna call him murphy and he's gonna talk like this i think that uh, i mean i struggle to tell the difference sometimes not all the time between a a, an irish accent and an american accent sometimes it takes me a little while to figure it out Um, how but i I don't know but the thing is it's not all the the time differences are Huge. Yeah, I know, but if sometimes if it's, it's like I can tell if American, I would never think an American person is Irish, but sometimes I've struggled to know if an Irish person person is American. No, I mean if you if you hear Conor McGregor, for example, yeah, with with that thick Dublin accent, you wouldn't think he was American. No, but I think it's not all the like I said, it's not all the time, but and I never get it mixed up the other way around, but. Sometimes I struggle to tell if an Irish person is American or not. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. I really am not sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe I have the the benefit because I've actually been to America, Canada, and and in, yeah, not, I'm not not been to Ireland, but I would love to go someday. But um, I can tell now what's a Canadian accent, what's an American accent, and yeah, Irish is not even a thing. Why I mean, is why are you why are you making it a thing? I mean, I worked with Americans for a long. Uh, I've worked for, worked with Americans now for a long time, and at first, uh, because we only hear them on the headset, and at first, and I'm not joking, they all sounded the same. I could not tell one one guy from the other guy, <laughs> and now I've known them for like four years. They yeah. all sound completely different. Like they have completely different accents and completely different tones of voice, but they sounded exactly the same for about Almost two like years. As if America is a big country with yeah. wide, <laughs> wide accents. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about 
this show other than talking about episodes we watched. Um, yeah, I mean, we can jump right into it if you want. I mean, I've yeah, got, let's, 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 let's go for it. I've got a few. So I was lucky enough that most of my, like some episodes were all wound into kind of one big episode. So, um, so I think the first one we must both must have watched was just, um, I'm not sure what the name of the episode was, but I was just series one, episode one, I think. Well, it's the talking bread. Yes. Was yeah. The North African detective. Yeah. And the three fishermen. I've got a lot to say about this. Okay. So one. I didn't watch the three fishermen one, uh, but I did. So the first episode, a uh, woman calls Sergeant, um, what's his name sergeant murphy to the haunted attic yeah uh, like, forgive my names because there was too many names for me to uh, like even took me a long time to figure out that richard scary was not the worm um <laughs> so i was like as a kid to be fair i did think that i was like why are they calling him i said I, it took me a while to figure out that it wasn't him um so anyway so woman calls sergeant to check out the ant attic because she thinks it's haunted i'm pretty sure it's the hippo lady hilda um um and turns out it's just a mannequin with a dress on and she was looking for the dress anyway and the window was open and blowing the mannequin then it goes to the bakery where this little pig girl's got a doll and she puts it in the dough which is like straight up cross-contamination um (laughs) and then so and because it gets baked in the dough the dough now makes a noise so it's kind of just says like mummy or something like that when when yeah, they press yeah, the, yeah. when they press the bread mama, and mama. and they call the police and they and he says specifically don't police. tell anyone yeah. Sergeant, murphy, yeah sergeant murphy comes over and he's like don't tell anyone and obviously when the sergeant gets there there's like this whole tv crew like <laughs> all the with press the little, is there with the little <laughs> The little the cameraman like, and we're, we're, we're here outside to see the, <laughs> the talking bread and all this stuff, and then you got the hippo coming in with bells on. With yeah, the dress. I, I did, I did, I did like that. Yeah, well. I enjoyed that. And then, yeah, so then, um, basically, the worm com- comes in and saves the day, and just says like, no, it's uh, it's not, it's a, it's a doll inside the bread because he goes, he kind of jumps inside the bread and he eats it, and then they pull him out and he's just like the doll's in there. Um, more, and- more cross contamination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine that cross contamination. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, the, I didn't write down the interlude on that one, but I'm pretty sure it was a safety video. Yeah, I, I, I to be honest, they just went over my head. Um, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> they all went over my head. I did write out that it's like a little come outside episode, and then so I went on to the Morocco. So the episode set in Morocco, and it's kind of these like little fantasy, more actiony kind of episodes that are in the middle. Yeah, right? yeah. And the first thing was like, "This is Detective Couscous," and I yeah. burst out laughing because it was like <laughs> the most like kind of horrendous, horrendously racist like thing. Yeah, like, just... like Detective from Morocco. I was just calling Couscous. Yeah, it's um, just stereotypical. Yeah, see, that's what I didn't like about cartoons back in the day there was just lazy and stereotypical yeah. and bad accents and but that's what i think like you know when i talk, talked about earlier about like they're not paying attention the kids don't know and you know they're, they're being lazy so like if you were to make an adult's like adult show like that it wouldn't pass like no it would be picked up very quickly but because it's in a yeah. kid show it kind of makes it through that, that but you know what? like we'll talk about this when we talk about barbara later but there is a, an argument where instead of 
telling kids or showing kids an idea of what you think the world should look like, you should tell the kids what the world looks like, and okay, then to make their that mind way up. they can yeah make their mind up, form their own judgment, and and what what have you. So doing yeah. this whole stereotypical Moroccan thing, it was just yeah. Well, the thing is, it like it kind of makes people. If you ask a kid where you know what do you know about Morocco, then it'll be like, oh, Detective Couscous lives there, or <laughs> and, and, and you know, and and thieves live there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and then and they like dancing girls. <laughs> and apparently, the men look exactly like the women because it was Detective Couscous that dressed up like a dancing girl, <laughs> <laughs> and then lured him out. Um, yeah, oh. so that was like kind of a crazy. I think that was the episode, really. I think I think yeah. you uh, uh, you yeah, explained I'm... it I, exactly. I, I, I think I've got anything else to add. I think I think that's it. Yeah, so that's me down for that episode. Um, I, I don't want... really remember the free fisherman. I didn't write that down. So actually. I'm guessing it was. So it's the cat family. So I'm gonna say Huckle Cat and his dad and Loli. They're going fishing and they manage to catch a bunch of fish using fishes of different sizes. I think they tried to use lowly as bait initially, but turned out it didn't work. And then, yeah, there you go. I think that was that was that episode. Like I said, it was very short, very to the point. I think the same we're going to see with Little Bear yeah. in a minute. But like, yeah, they're all very short to the point. It just just ends really and it just ended on them going yay we caught fish and i'm a fisher and and and, and all that all that happy happy stuff um right so i've got uh right so i've got one basically one episode left to to talk about which is three mini episodes inside it um so uh what's the so lowly and huckle cat go to go to the firefighters and basically say can we be a firefighter and they said no but you can shadow us for the day sort of thing, which is like completely against um, health and safety. But they get given the gear anyway. And they have like the best, one of the, my favorite bits about the episode was that they're giving them all the gear and they said like, here's your hat and here's your boots. And the worm puts on one boot. Um, <laughs> it's just little things like that. It made me laugh. I love, I love, I love little things like that. Um, so first thing is uh, Hippo Hilled, Hilda has a an emergency. She's lost a medal down a drain, so Loli gets it because he can fit down the drain. Um, Elephant Dennis gets stuck up a tree, um, and then they rescue him by making him jump on a trampoline. And then Mister Fumble, Mister Fumble drops a tree branch on his car after cutting it off, cutting oh, it off whilst he's up oh, the tree. Oh, 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 oh! Check you out showing off with all the name dropping. And I've just written them down for this episode. This is one of the last ones I watched. So <laughs> you just. Dropping names in there. Oh, look, here's Elephant Dennis. Here's Huckle Cat. Here's this character. This one. If they didn't say the name on this, on the, on the, like by addressing the character, then I didn't write it down. Uh, Luckily, they did on all of these. So, um, the fire brigade. So, Mr. Fumble's up a tree and he soars off the branch and it falls on his own car, which I found hilarious. And, uh, the car's broken flat, like proper cartoon style. Um, and then Mr. Fumble goes home and sees some smoke and he like calls with fire brigade and say there's a fire and then they the fire brigade come in and they squirt the fire but it's actually a barbecue and then the rabbits are, i don't know what the rabbit's family's called but the rabbits are having a barbecue and they get invited to the mill uh so the, not the mill the um the fire 
firehouse to have a little meal there instead. Um, then they had a, the How Paper made a, a little interlude, which was very cool. Um, and you basically, I'm not joking, you did the soundtrack to that. <laughs> um, and then the Mexico pretend adventure, so they're in Mexico. And Ooh. Manuel and Pedro go to oh town to buy a new pot. <laughs> um, they're still playing a game. Manuel and, then... and Pedro. Yeah. They're fans of 40 Towers or something. <laughs> um, so they're playing a game, but they're like, they go to a market and they see someone stealing and they chase the thief. Um, and then the pot that they bought for their mum, because they broke a pot at the beginning and then they had to get a replacement pot. The pot that they had falls on the thief's head and then he drops all the stuff that he stole and then as a reward, they give him a big pot. And then they then they do a play it safe episode where they make breakfast and say, be safe in the kitchen because there's loads of dangers. Uh, then I watched an episode, which is, I found very interesting because they had like a... They were going at hot air balloon and Mr. Von Flugel, which is like this German thing. And I haven't got that on my list. And so, so, right. Okay. So this guy has got a German army hat on with the spike and everything. The eagle insignia that the... Why uh, don't I like where this is going? No. And they had... He had a little car, but it was like a backwards aeroplane. So it had a propeller on the back two seats at the front and it was going the other way around so like the kind of the tail was where it was going but anyway i had the red baron uh insignia on the back of it you know not the red but maybe it was like the luftwaffe or, or the world war one whatever the world war one was um air german air force and i was like this is literally the red baron and i don't quite know how they kind of got away with it um and anyway so lowly and Huckle, huckle uh go up on a air balloon and they fly away and it kind of goes off on its own and they have to get it down it does come down in the end and the fishermen get it down by accidentally catching it um and mr von flugel gives them burgers as a reward and that is all of the episodes i watched of um richard scary <laughs> you know i think with richard scary he actually had to um re-release some of his works because um, they were prone to uh, the odd racial like stereotyping and 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 what have you. So there was a there was a thing where he had to be, they had to be like, uh, you need to run these books back again, but uh, make sure some of these characters aren't prone to the racist tropes and and what have you. Yeah. Okay, so from season two, I watched Newspaper Mum, Cucumber in Rio, and Donut Raffle. So Newspaper Mum, Huckle Cat wants to buy a music player. So he's like, oh, I need to get a job so I can try and save up some money. So he becomes a, a paper boy. So he's selling the, the bugle or the daily bugle or something along those lines. And he's realizing that his paper rounds won't be enough for him to buy this record player. So he decides to expand and then he's selling or he's giving away a whole bunch of a whole bunch of newspapers. And then when he realizes that he's got enough money, he then decides I'm not going to buy a music player because the music player I have at home is fine. He then decides to buy flowers for his mum, which was very, very nice. That's very nice. Bought something for his dad as well, and he, and he bought a pie for Lowly Worm. 
So they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And then he's like, you know what? I don't want to buy a music player. I want to buy a sports car. And, uh, yeah, don't ask me about Play It Safe and and what's the other one? Um, you said uh, what it's called. It's called... God, my memory's bad. <laughs> That's amazing or something. I can't remember. Imagine that. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, don't don't bother asking me about imagine that or play it safe. I it just went pew, over my head. <laughs> um, Cucumber in Rio, so they're all getting ready for carnival, but none of them have their outfits because someone has stolen them, and so it is up to the little mayor Pepe or Pedro. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god, I rolled my eyes back so hard when they were like. Oh, look, here is the mayor, Pedro. And, <laughs> and with the dodgy accents and and, he, and he's basically going, right, I'm going to do everything in my power to find all of the costumes. And I think there was a, a thieving Turag somewhere who stole them. It may have actually been Pedro because uh, it was just another typical stereotypic trope about Latin people and, you know, all being thieves and and all running around and, and what have you. And then, yep, they all find the, um, they all find the costumes and they all get ready for carnival. And the last one, donut raffle. So, um, hmm. I think, yeah, PS, PS pig is thinking, Oh, I'm, I haven't got any luck today. I'm losing everything. I'm, I don't know what's happening with me. And so I think Huckle Cat says to him, oh, look, there's a raffle going on. Use my lucky charm. It's just basically a, a card with a four-leaf clover on it. Because look at the Irish. And yeah, so he uses that. He buys a raffle ticket, but he loses his hat and he forgets it in the calf. So he comes back to the cafe when they're announcing the winners and they're like, oh, ticket raffle one nine one. And he doesn't realize it's him because he doesn't have his hat. And it, re- and, it and it's because the uh, the little rat that works in the bakeries turned his hat into a donut. And once they pull out the ticket, they're like, yeah, you won, you won. I used the uh, the lucky charm and, and what have you. Um... I did watch season four, but this is when I got really bored of it, and I was just like half watching it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I did, I did, I did remember filler up Scotty. So basically, there's a gas station, and they don't have any gas, and so Scotty has to find the gas from somewhere, and I think that's what happened in the episode. And obviously, the resolution is that they find the gas, and Busy Town can operate with gas. Yay! Niagara Falls mystery. Now, um, what happens in this one? So basically, Beaver Sweet Tooth and his gang are trying to steal all the maple syrup, and yeah, so they're using nefarious means to find the um, the maple syrup, and yeah, they they find the maple syrup. Apparently, I think that's how that episode goes. <laughs> Helpers, helper. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that one, so I'm just going to move on. The last episode I watched was the finale, A Message in a Bottle. Again, I'm not really sure what happens in this one, so I think Huckle Cat 
finds a message in a bottle somewhere and they find a whole bunch of messages in the bottles. Santa needs help. I had no idea at this point. I completely switched off. I didn't even bother with Santa <laughs> needs help because I'm not going to bother with Christmas episodes in the middle of April. I did I did focus and pay attention on there really is an Easter bunny, which was the last one. So it's Easter and they're all getting ready for an Easter egg hunt. And one of the characters was saying, oh, there's no such thing as the Easter bunny. And the, all the little kids were like, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. So they're about to start the Easter egg hunt. And then they see a rabbit just pulling up, as you do, <laughs> with a carrot. And he's just picking out all the eggs. And they're like, see, see, see. It's good to believe in stuff sometimes. I think the message of this episode that I picked up was that it's it's okay sometimes to think that there is a an Easter bunny or Father Christmas or all of the other magical mythical creatures out there. So that was uh, that was that episode, and that was the busy world of Richard Scarry, which ironically I tried to make myself as busy as possible so I didn't have to watch <laughs> the busy world of Richard Scarry. But uh, I mean, I mean, maybe I'm being a bit mean. Because it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't, it wasn't awful. No, I think like it's one of the things, isn't it? This is one of the best bats, best bits about doing this podcast. Is it's all kind of subjective. Like there were yeah. so many cartoons out there because there's some you like, some you didn't. It like it had to work so hard to appeal to so many different kids. Yeah, I mean, some day, some days we might get cartoons that are like Pinky in the Brain, but then some days we might get cartoons that are like Biker Mice from Mars. That's <laughs> none of my business. I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> right, I think I think I think I'm ready to uh, move on, and uh, we're going on to Little Bear and November 1995. So some of the things happening in the world: Princess Diana admits that she cheated on Prince Charles in a TV interview. The Indian government officially renames the city of Bombay, restoring its name to Mumbai. The Supreme Court of Argentina orders the extradition of ex-SS captain Eric Prybate. Toy Story was in the cinemas and Goldeneye by Tina Turner was in the charts. That's the one that was on the film, right? I mean, that's Goldfinger, isn't it? Goldeneye was a Bond film. Was it? Yeah, it Goldeneye yeah, was it, Piers it, Brosnan. It does. It did. It did sound quite uh, James Bondy. Oh, okay, like a kind of anthem. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was, it was pretty good, actually. I mean, it's no Living Daylights, but uh, it was decent. Um. So we're going on now to Little Bear. So this was initially a, a series of children's books, primarily involving the interaction of Little Bear and Mother Bear. It was written by Elsie Holm, Holmland Minarik and illustrated by Maurice Sendak. So the first Little Bear book came out in 1957 and it was titled Little Bear. The second book, Father Bear Comes Home, came out in 1959. Little Bear's Friend came out in 1960. Little Bear's Visit in 1961. A Kiss for Little Bear, 1968, and the more recent Little Bear and the Marco Polo in 2010. 
So initially the stories were quite simple, but eventually became more sophisticated in subsequent books as the plot and characters expanded. And the first four Little Bear books consist of four stories, each of which involves Little Bear and, like I said, slowly expanding cast of support characters, each named after their respective species. And the Little Bear character and his immediate family display many bear-like characteristics and mannerism, but only on occasion. They do live in a culture and, well, not necessarily technology, but they live like humans do. And it seems to be like the woodland equivalent of Little House on the Prairie. And obviously Little Bear is a friendly, adventurous little bear. And he likes to just hang out with his animal friends and human Emily. And so it got turned into a TV show. So it was a Canadian made show and it was produced originally for CBC and again yeah it's, it's pretty much set in late 19th century so you got that kind of post Abraham Lincoln antebellum kind of vibes with uh, with a little bear and yeah so he's, just, he's always going on adventures the theme song was done by Austrian composer Franz Schubert and it is from his violin sonata number no. one in D major. And the theme was arranged for wind and strings by composer Arnold Black. And some of the characters you've got, obviously you've got Little Bear, who's a small, curious, imaginative, grizzly bear cub who lives in the forest with his family. There's Emily, who is Little Bear's best friend and one of the few human characters. Owl who is a male owl who is pompous but very wise. Duck is obviously the duck. And she's slow and smart, but at the same time, she's always the one getting into comical situations. So she's the banter merchant of the group. you got Cat, who's laid back and slothful, and he enjoys prowling at night and playing tricks on passers-by and eating. Sounds like our cat Dory here. And you got Hen, who's a fussy but feisty chicken who lives in a large chicken coop. She's classy, sophisticated, and enjoys cleanliness. You got Mother Bear, who enjoys cooking and is always there to help Little Bear if and when he needs it. Father Bear, who we rarely see because he's a fisherman and he's always out in the middle of the ocean or the middle of the sea out fishing. So you would get like long spells of shows of Little Bear without Father Bear because he's obviously out making sure that there's uh, food on the table for Mama Bear and uh, Little Bear. So, uh, Little Bear, did you remember watching this? I think, I I don't think I've read the, uh, sorry, I don't think I've watched the TV shows, but I definitely read the books. Same. I, I read the book and I did watch the TV shows. Was the Little Bear, was that the same series where they had one it was the book where the dad, daddy bear couldn't sleep, so he went downstairs and he heard the clock, and he went outside, and the owl was going, and then there is like baby bear was snoring or something like that. I'm sure there was, I'm sure there was an episode, a uh, book like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, as I said, I never watched the the shows. Um, I found it a bit strange. Um, it was, I, I, I don't know. There's something really weird about the actual bear. Like baby bear looked too much like a bear for me, 
So I he's found it a, a bit. Cub, isn't he? No, but I found it off-putting. Like it looked, he actually looked like a bear. I don't know why. Like, I think he was a bit. He was a bit too realistic. And then he was, but 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 because he looked like an actual bear, it looked weird that he was walking around on his two like two feet, like a biped. Yeah. So it's a little bit strange. Um, yeah, I don't know what sort of bear he was. If he was a brown bear or grizzly bear or whatever other bears he's a are. Grizzly bear, isn't he? So he's, he'll mess up any anyone. That's probably why he's in that lady's house, and he's they're not saying they're not saying anything to him because they're scared that he was going to swipe their face off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear no i am um, I, I i remember reading the books very very well i remember the, the the little bear going to the moon so i remember actually reading that as a kid yeah and i also actually remember watching little bear going to the moon as 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 a kid as well again this was another program that came on at 3.15 on CBBC. Yeah. So again, I think there is like a lot of shows that people might not have watched simply because they weren't home yet. Yeah, I was home by 3.30. It took me about 20 minutes to walk from walk home from school, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, like when I, obviously yeah, my primary school was used to be just across the road from me, but like obviously when I started to go in high school, yeah, it was about, another yeah 20 25 minute walk so i would get home just before four o'clock so then there yeah. would be a fair few shows that i would i would miss once i went to uh, high school but uh, of course as cool high school kids we weren't watching cbbc were we i mean narrator did, voice but... narrator voice yes he was <laughs> yes he bloody was <laughs> Shoot, Everyone even did. when I was at uni, I was watching CBBC. <laughs> so, uh, um, let's, yeah, do you want to go into episodes again? Yep. Um, I, mean, this, I think, yeah, these these two that we talk about might be very... Um, these were short episodes, right? So Yeah. Um, again, it was like five, six minute each. Yeah, I wrote very little um, notes about each episode. So, the first episode that I watched was about Little Bear playing in the snow. It was snowing outside, he wanted to go out and play. Um, and little bear wants to. He's always go out, and um, he wants clothes to wear. So his mum makes him a hat. Uh, then he goes outside, and he gets cold, and he comes back in. I want a coat now. I want trousers now. And his mum says, oh, "Do you want a fur coat as well?" And she's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, take all your clothes off then, because you got one anyway." Um, <laughs> and then, so my first thought about this episode was: it's winter. It's snowing outside. Why aren't you hibernating like every other bear? Um, there's one. This is the episode where Daddy Bear's away. Uh, yeah. So I don't, don't quite know. It was called. Thing. It was called. What will Little Bear wear? Yeah, that's the one. Um, so he's he's now. Why is it doing that? Um, so he's. Yeah, that's the end of episode. Credits. Roll credits. Um, so now there's an episode about a gingerbread. Um, so they, so there's kind of there's a girl and she's in his girl's house. And she was making gingerbread men with a human. Okay. Uh, uh, and I just said, it looks like Goldilocks and Little Bear were in cahoots. <laughs> Making some plan. Um, Not twist. <laughs> um, it wasn't that, but um, I don't know. So they said they're making gingerbread people, and obviously, like the kind of the, the run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man, right? So like, 
traditionally, gingerbread men are very mischievous creatures. So they make them and they make them and grandma says, keep an eye on them because, you know, these they can get up to all sorts. I need to go and get some firewood, so just keep an eye on them. And as soon as she goes out, all the gingerbread men get up and run off. Um, and then they get all of kind of all the farm, not farmyard, all the woodland animals that they're friends, the, the owl and the rabbit and whoever else help them find the and round up all of the gingerbread men and then they get to eat them at the end uh then i watched an episode called i'm not sure if it's called marbles but that's what happened on it um so little bear found, finds marbles and daddy bear's like oh that's they're my marbles i'll show you how to play and then then he ends up playing with all his mates and teaching them marbles uh then i went on to an episode called garden war is this the same yeah it is yeah so this snake there's a snake and he's scared of this mole that's got, kind of going underground and making all these molehills. Um, and then little bear says, "Come meet the mole. He's not worried. He's not. He's not going to eat you. He's because the snake thinks he's going to get eaten by the mole." Uh, the mole says, "I'm going to eat you." And then they all play a game and they're best friends. And that was that episode. Very short episodes. Very kind of yeah. No yeah. real point to them. Just like a little up to shenanigans and then end of episode. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Your turn. Oh, is it my turn? Um, so yeah, I did watch a uh, season one, episode one. So you talked about what will little bear wear. The other episodes were hide and seek. So they're basically playing hide and seek, and Duck is having a hard time being the seeker. So she uses little bear's help. And then in the end, they all managed to find everybody. So again, that was very, uh, <laughs> very straightforward episode. And then the third one from that one was Little Bear Goes to the Moon. So yeah, this is one I remember pretty well as a kid. So he's basically, he's having a dream about the moon and he's just staring at it. And he's like, I wish I could fly to the moon. And then I think his mum was like, well... You're just a chubby little bear. You can't fly to the moon. You, know, you have to, you got to be realistic, son. You got to keep your feet firmly on the ground. And so he, then he imagines that he's flying to the moon. So this is very cute, very lovely. So he puts on like these weird antenna thingies. And so he's dreaming that he's flying off to the moon. The end. And then I, from season two, I watched Little Bear Meets No Feet. So he's out picking vegetables with his mum and then he meets a snake called No Feet. And so he's like, well, can No Feet come and stay with us? And so he, him and No Feet, No Feet is a snake, by the way. Ah. And so he's like, oh, mum, can No Feet come and stay with us? And mum and was, she seemed quite laid back all the time. She's like, yeah, sure, he can stay, whatever. It's all good. And he's like, oh, I'm really glad that you're my friend because some people don't like me. And I'm thinking, I wonder why. I wonder why. So you're a you're a snake. You're a slippery, slimy snake. But little bear's like, oh, I will, you know, I'll I'll adopt you. And then they're basically finding a bed for no feet. So they're like trying out all the different stuff. So like bedside tables, wardrobes, all that stuff. And then they manage to get a, a plant, and they put it underneath little bear's bedside table. And so he manages to find a find a good place to sleep there so that was uh that episode and then the camp out 
So Little Bear has a grandfather and grandmother bear. So uh, I'm guessing bears have a long life expectancy. So he's going camping with Grandfather Bear. And so they just, you know, just hanging out. Out in the outside, soaking in nature and all it has to offer. And they're singing songs and they're talking about and little bear saying, oh, I'm, I might be a little bit scared. And so grand, grandpa bear sings a song for him and he manages to fall asleep. So that was all kind of cute. And the last one from that was Emily's Balloon. So funny enough, I didn't watch an episode with Emily in it, even though she's very uh, prominent character in Little Bear. And so it's Hen's birthday. They're all having a birthday party in... Um, at Hen's place, and they're all got balloons, but Emily can't make it, and so, and they're all like, oh, we really miss Emily, she lives too far away, I wish she lives in the jungle here with us, or live in the forest where we kind of live, and so Little Bear has a balloon, it's really windy, and he's just thinking, I really hope that, the, and, and I think he attaches a message to it, thinking, oh, I'm going to put this balloon in the air, and hopefully it will reach Emily, and, uh, through the miracle of cartoon, it did reach Emily. and Amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And Emily writes back going, oh, I really, really miss you guys. But the good news is that me and my sister are going to move closer to you guys because we're going to live with our grandma and you're going to see a lot more of me. Yay! And then the last set of episodes I watched, so this was, yeah, the finale. So season five. First one is how to love a porcupine. And yeah, so Little Bear and Duck are all just, they're, they're hanging outside and then they come across a porcupine. I think it was called Cousin because it kept saying Cousin. All they just kept saying was Curse, Curse, Curse. I'm thinking these Crips or something. Uh, they're all going to be donning blue and start Crip walking going, <laughs> yeah, what up, Curse? What up, Curse? Like all this stuff, like Cousin, Cousin, Cousin. I'm thinking, hi, right, damn, Curse. So uh, the porcupine, they're all trying to avoid getting pricked by her quills. But then, funnily enough, the porcupine finds another porcupine to mess about with. And they're all like going, oh, yeah, yeah, porcupine, porcupine. That's a... That was that episode. Episode, the second one was a houseboat for duck. And yeah, basically, there's like a ton of frogs that keep duck awake at night. And so Little Bear makes a houseboat for Duck so that she can sleep in there. But Duck doesn't really like that houseboat. And again, the frogs loved it. So they just basically took over. And she just ended up back to her normal place. So that was that episode. And the last episode was how Little Bear met Owl. And so Little Bear's like, let me switch it up. I'm going to tell you a bedtime story mum and then the dad comes along going getting ready for bed even though he's wearing like a full suit and tie and jacket like he's about to go out which i found hilarious and even grandpa when he was camping out he was wearing his full fully dressed so i was like that was uh rather odd but uh yeah they're reading a bedtime story and so a little bear is telling them about how he met owl for the first time when he was looking for the moon and so they just basically started talking, Little Bear and Owl. And so that's how they met. And uh, yeah, that was a nice uh, 
nice cute episode to uh to round off and to round off and finish off and that was little bear anything you want to add nope <laughs> right i guess uh we'll have to pick between richard scary and little bear i have a feeling we are split on this one uh just through the way that you were talking about it um i'll go first and i'll pick richard scary <laughs> oh my god how do we know each other like this this is weird I, it's like I, we kind of know what each other is going to pick it's it, i mean the clue was <laughs> i wasn't listening at this point i'm going to go on to the next episode oh with richard scary was that yeah. the big giveaway was it yeah i just think i, I, I just think ever since with uh the half and half and girlfriends episode you remember when we were like I was like, I know you're going to pick a different one. And I know there's an office yeah, winner. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I think, yeah, this one, it might have been, a, again, a case of that. So, yeah. Why are you picking Richard Scarry? I just felt like it was a better cartoon all round. I felt like the short episodes and little, you know, educational interludes was like a nice way to, to have. I thought I didn't like Little Bear. I thought it was a bit annoying. So... I, I didn't connect anywhere near as much with Little Bear as I did with um, Richard Scary. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was like a nice, and I, I preferred the animation. I preferred the look of it. Like you know, it's just kind of an all-round nice cartoon. Oh, you know what? You know what? Like, okay, look, maybe I was a bit harsh and <laughs> and, and 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 dismissive because yeah, like I said, this is not it's not a bad show. I liked it when I was a kid. I thought it was a fun cartoon, but yeah, I'm. I'm going to go with Little Bear simply because, yeah, it, it was something that resonated with my childhood a lot. Because like I said, I've read the books. I watched Little Bear when I was when I was growing up. I think it's cute. I think it's nice with all the animals and they're all living a simple, quiet life in uh, the forest. And it's crazy that I didn't, I went out, no, I didn't go out of my way, but I, I didn't watch an episode with um, Emily in it. Even though, yeah, like if I was to just talk about Little Bear without my notes or whatever, I'd be like, yep, there's Little Bear, there's Mom Bear, Father Bear, there's Emily, and then I'll just about might be able to remember the uh, the other animals. But I, I, I'm going to go with Little Bear, but this is by no means a, a, a disparaging thing towards the was it the crazy not the crazy adventures of Richard Scarry, but the adventure the yeah, whatever. Richard Scarry, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't it was it wasn't a bad show. It was just yeah, I I was at my wits end at the end and uh yeah, I was I was bored and but it doesn't mean it was a bad show. Those shows were quite decent and uh yeah, ready to move on. Right. The main event, another, it's, it's another hell of a hell of a main event, and we're going to be talking about Babar the elephant, and so uh, we're going back to March 1989. So some of the things happening in the world: the Louvre pyramid, designed by I.M. Pei, is inaugurated by French President Francois Mitterrand. 
190 million votes are cast in the first three elections in the USSR. Boris Yeltsin is the winner. US President George H.W. Bush bans the importation of certain guns deemed to be classed as assault weapons into the United States. Fletch Lives was in the cinemas. And Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson was number one in the charts. Shake of the head there tells me yeah, you don't know. Definitely not. I didn't either, to be honest. So uh, there you go. So now we go on to not Barbar, Babar, the elephant. Babar. So it first appeared in 1931 in the French children's book, Histoire de Babar, which translates as the story of Babar by Jean de Brunhoff. Quick disclaimer. My French is going to sound really horrible and bad. So uh, forgive me, French listeners. And yeah, so the books began as a bedtime story that Cécile de Brunoff, which I'm guessing is the wife of Jean de Brunoff, invented for their children, Mathieu and Laurent, when they were four and five years old. She was allegedly trying to comfort Mathieu, who was sick. The boys liked the story of the little elephant who left the jungle for a city resembling Paris so much that they asked their father, a painter, to illustrate it. And then he made it into a picture book with text, which was published by a family-owned publishing house, Le Jardin de Modes. And it tells of a young elephant named Baba, whose mum was killed by a hunter. Baba escapes and in the process leaves the jungle and visits a big city and returns to bring the benefits of civilization to his fellow elephants. And following the death of the king of the elephants, who had eaten <laughs> a toxic she-take, which is a poisonous mushroom, I love that he got caught out. He's not, <laughs> not in an in a epic battle, but he ended up dying because he ate a dodgy mushroom. And so... The Council of Elephants approached the Babar saying that because he had, and I quote, lived among men and learned much, he would be suitable to become the new king. And yeah, he's crowned king of the elephants and marries his cousin Celeste. And in the, and that was basically the first book of the, uh, the series. Producer Paul there with his eyes wide open. I'm is sure. He, I, is he saying married his cousin? Yes. Okay. He married his cousin, but I'm I'm guessing back then it wasn't such a big, such a big thing. I guess. Well, especially in like royal families and stuff like traditionally, I guess. <laughs> and they're elephants, aren't they? So. Anything goes. Yeah, pretty much. So that yeah, so that was all summary of the first book, and then the second bar Babar book. If I keep saying Baba, then I apologize, but it is Baba. So the second Baba book, Le Voyage de Baba, I think in French is Barbar. Barbar. I don't know why Siri keeps opening up. <laughs> I didn't say Bar. All right. Like, Siri just keeps opening up for some weird reason. Like, leave me alone. Okay, so. The second Baba book, Le Voyage de Baba, The Travels of Baba, is basically when the married couple leave by balloon and they go on their honeymoon. The third book, Le Roi Baba, Baba the King, 
So Baba finds the city of Celesteville. After many dromedaries are found, they help with building the city. And then in 1933, A.A. Milne introduced an English language version of the story of Baba in Britain and the United States. And before his death in 1937, Jean de Brunoff published six more stories. And then his son, Laurent, also a writer and illustrator, carried on the series from 1946, beginning with Baba et le coquin du Arthur. So basically, Baba and Arthur getting up to uh, no, getting up to all sorts. And before we um, go on to the controversies, obviously, Baba likes to wear a bright green suit. And he introduces a very French form of Western civilization to the elephants. And they all end up dressing in Western attire. And the attention to stylish clothing perhaps reflects the fact that the original publisher of the books was Editions du Jardin du Mode, which is owned by fashion giants Condé Nast. And the, ba- the Barbar books were the first Condé Nast publications, not specifically about fashion. The series has over a th- 100 licenses worldwide and the Babar brand has a multi-generational following. There are 12 Babar stores in Japan, which and it became a, a global cultural phenomenon whose fans span generations. Babar stands alongside Mickey Mouse as one of the most recognized children characters in the world. There are now over 30,000 Babar publications in over 17 languages and over 8 million books have been sold. Laurent de Brunoff's Babar's Yoga for Elephants is a top seller in the US with over 100,000 copies sold to date. The Babar series of books are recommended reading on former First Lady Laura Bush's National Reading Initiative list. All 78 episodes of the TV series are broadcast in 30 languages in over 150 countries, making Babar one of the most largely distributed animation shows in history and some cultural references so in coming to america the joffa royal family have a pet elephant named baba now we go on to the controversial things about baba so baba's travels was removed from the shelves by library staff in east sussex in response to parental complaints for what was perceived as stereotypes of Africans. Some writers, notably Herbert R. Cole and Vivian Paley, have argued that although superficially delightful, the stories can be seen as a justification for colonialism, because obviously you're telling them that if certain people who are uncivilized become civilized, then we can carry that all around the world, which is essentially what the British Empire was about. That they Whoa, to this one's this... about the French Empire doing it, not the Brits. You leave us out of it. We've got, <laughs> we got enough blood on our hands. <laughs> no, but the point, the point is, and maybe this is the general point, is that, oh, that we've, we have perfected civilization so well, we should take it to other places around the world yeah so, cut to uh, coronavirus and africa's doing probably the best out of the whole world right now <laughs> and yeah what else uh, other others argued that the french civilization described in the early books had already been destroyed by world war one 
and the books were originally an exercise in nostalgia for pre-1914 France. Ariel Dorfman in The Empire's Old Clothes writes, and I quote, In imagining the independence of the land of the elephant, Jean de Brunoff anticipates more than a decade before history forced Europe to put into practice the theory of neo-colonialism. And in an article titled Freeing the Elephants, Adam Gopnik writes that, and I quote, it is not an unconscious expression of the French colonial imagination. It is a self-conscious comedy about the French colonial imagination and its close relation to the French domestic imagination. The gist is explicit and intelligent, the lure of the city of civilization, of style and order, and bourgeoisie living is real for elephants as for humans. I think that's a pretty BS take. but uh, Agreed. But yeah, that was uh, what some people were saying to try and defend it. And in the Good Men Project, Raoul Wyland wrote uh, an article titled Barbar the Elephant, Racism, Sexism and Privilege in Children's Stories. And it basically examines the effect of colonialism in children's stories like Barbar or Barbar. And so basically this article is, 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 is analyzing Herbert Cole's book, Should We Burn Baba? And what he was saying in the book, Herbert Cole, is, and I quote, what is read in childhood not only leaves an impression behind, but also influences the values and shapes the dreams of children. So if you tell a children or certain children that the world is like this, then they're going to believe that the world is like this. So if you tell a little white boy that we, as white people, brought civilization to these backward monkeys, or in this case, elephants, then they're going to have a, a certain belief that, yeah, I did this. Give myself a, a, a pat on the back. And also what Herbert Cole said was, as an adult, I am bothered by his malleability and the good humor with which he jumps into becoming a well-dressed rich person like Elephant. Yeah, that when I was watching the episode where he goes to the shop and he's all dressing up. I mean, don't get me wrong, like Barbar's drip is on point. I do like that <laughs> green, got like the nice little tie, got the waist jacket as well. Like Barbar's drip was woo-wee. Like he was <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Oh my god, Siri, go away. Oh, look, is it... did you <laughs> just did you hear that? No, I can't hear it. Like, I'm this? not sure I understand. <laughs> Shut up, Siri. You know, I'm actually not even going to cut that out. Like, I can't, be, I can't be bothered. Like, Siri, you need to leave me alone. But yeah, and also, like, Cole, again, he draws parallels to the colonial practices that you know, Baba gets sucked into and he's converting all of the other elephants. So basically saying that, and I quote, seducing some members of the group into letting them proselytize for you. I'm not sure I said that word right, but I know, I pretty much know what that means. So yeah, so the idea of Baba becoming king. So Cole wrote, what had appeared magical to her as a child now represented the triumph of the Europeanized male. 
It was one of many children's books that showed her that women's happiness derives from being chosen by the right male. And yeah, he Cole is arguing that Baba and other objectionable children's stories can be used as parents and teachers as a way for children to start critically engaging with the world, to question everything, to draw connections to the real world around them and to imagine how the story could be rewritten. I think before we get on to the children's, the actual television show, I just, yeah, want to talk about Babar and, 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 and what you kind of thought and what you think about the whole idea of like, it, it is derived pretty much from colonialism and, and racism and this whole idea that Western civilization is far superior to anything that any anyone else did even though once upon a time Baghdad was the center of the earth. Yeah, I mean... Important things in the world were invented by people in the Middle East, people in Africa. The first university was in Morocco, was it? You had uh, Al-Khwarizmi who invented algorithms, coffee, all of that was all invented not in Europe. Yeah, I mean... You have to clean yourself when you're going to the bloody toilet. So you're not relying on bog roll. That's another thing <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think that it's it's a trick one because obviously, on the face of it, this is a really nice kids cartoon, right? Yeah, Just, yeah. It's like it's this bright, it's colourful. The music's good, the animation's good, the voices are good, like. Everything about it, you put it on, it just seems like a nice cartoon, and it does. Then you get kind of like what ten minutes into it, and you th- start to think, like, actually, that's a bit weird. Yeah. You know? Like, um, one of the things like was kind of like the first comparison I draw drew. The first comparison I drew with was with like kind of roots. It felt like like he kind of was in the in the jungle yeah. with with all his ele- elephant friends, and then all of a sudden he's been elevated to this other Western lifestyle with all the with all things you know material possessions and that's the only yeah. thing he's got but it's doing quite fine and then and then my wife came in and was like oh this one's uh this is the one that's got all the controversy around it, isn't it i was like yeah because of all, all the wheels have started turning in my head already i was like yeah it's a bit and obviously like you know coming from a british background it's quite hard like to realize like Late in life, really, because no one ever tells you that actually your history is like bloody as hell. Um, because all basically, like you, you touched on it earlier, all we get taught basically growing up was don't worry, we won, you know? Yeah. Like, or, or it would be like, once upon a time, there was the British Empire, but we taught these people good things. We built we them roads them, and we built them yeah. train tracks. And, we yeah. taught them crickets and fair play. Yeah, and football, and yeah, exactly, and, please and thank you. And I, I wasn't really taught about that until, like, in my probably early to mid twenties, that all of this sort of stuff was, yeah, you know, was a bad thing. Like, you, you can sort of saunter through life as a white guy, just not realizing that actually there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot in history that is not cool. You know, yeah. Um, and everything is just taught like you know white is right kind of thing pretty pretty much yeah and that was because i remember as a kid like this was a very adorable cute cartoon that i loved watching 
Yeah. I never, I never, and I never really questioned why it never came on CBBC. It would come on literally <laughs> at like six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> yeah. On like Channel Four or something, when they'd have like random cartoons or whatever, like they would have like the odd cartoon or the odd TV show at a certain time. Like, and I was, and I never thought. I was just like, oh, this is a nice little evening treat to yeah. watch. And you're just thinking, oh, it's cute elephants. Even like the theme song and everything is it's all very. I think that's the scary thing is that it's like, it's very, like, you know, even in, in this cartoon, it's very nice. It's really well done. Yeah. But it's indoctrinating. Like, it's, and even the theme it's... song is so nice. It's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun. like, it's very lovely. They're all like gathering together. And you got the old white lady in the background, and you're thinking, "Oh, this is oh, such a nice." What's with thing. the white lady in the background, by the way? What's with her? I don't understand her oh, character. I think she she lives with them in Celesteville. But why? She lives with a load of elephants. It's weird. Yeah, well, she's uh, she's special, isn't she? Um, but the thing is, it's like, it, like I said, it's just like without thinking about it, you just think it's a nice story. But it's just the underlying things that you, you get kind of fed through this this thing is just there. And if you're not thinking about it and you're not like, you know, we don't we don't watch these shows necessarily just to enjoy them now. We do kind of pick them apart a little bit, albeit when yeah. there's a female um, uh, contributor on, it gets picked apart a lot more in depth than when we do. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, but such is life. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we, 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 we can do, we'll, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. We do our best. Yeah. Yep, and then as as I kind of alluded to, so in 1989, that was when the Canadian French animated fantasy television series titled Baba came on our screens. It was done by Nelvana Limited and the Clifford Ross Company, and the first two seasons focuses on Baba's recollection of his childhood and early years as king, and then all of a sudden it kind of shifts focus in the third season to Baba's family and life in the present day. Some of the characters in Baba, like I said, you've got Baba the elephant, and yeah, he's the king, the emperor, the chief. you got Celeste, who his wife and queen of Celesteville. She has a regal presence and an engaging manner. you got Arthur, who is his mischief-making brother-in-law and cousin. And he's got three triplets, Pat, not Pam, Pom, Flora, and Alexander. And then you got Isabel, who is the youngest. You got Lord Retaxes, who was basically the king of Rhinoland, and they have a big old war with them at some point in the story. Madame, aka the old lady, she adopted Baba when he ran away from the hunters, and she teaches Baba. How to be civilized because he's a because he don't ass, even know he's a fat ass elephant who doesn't know and he doesn't know his backside from his elbow. That's exactly elephants, the phrase I was going to use. Elephants don't <laughs> have elbows, do they? I was like, yeah, elephants don't have elbows, do they? So uh, there you go. <laughs> Aren't elephants one of the? They have their arms and legs the right way round, same as us, right? I don't know. They all look the same to me. Then you've got Zephyr, who's the monkey. And he's one of Babar's oldest friends and considered one of the family. And then you've got Cornelius, who is like a, a gazillion years old. He's at the OG elephant. Not really sure why he didn't become king when uh, the king died. 
But yeah, he's like the oldest and wisest elephant in Celesteville and the Prime Minister. And he's Babar's chief advisor and takes that role very seriously. Now, in terms of the uh, the children's show, what did you think before we go into episodes? It's like I said, it did, was... Did you watch it, it as a kid or... Sorry, no, I did not. I, I, I didn't even know this existed. So this was a brand new... This wasn't one so like... So you've never, ever heard of Babar the Elephant? Never heard of really? it. Really? So, so this is why like I didn't understand any of the like references and I didn't understand like uh, any controversy or anything like that because I'd never even heard of it. Um, Yo. but from the start it was like a really nice cartoon like it was really well yeah. shot um, yeah um, there's some bits I want to talk about in episode one but like um, yeah well, well but it was like episodes. but it was just like yeah like on the face of it like the first like you know a few minutes of like first 10 minutes or so it's like this is a really nice cartoon it's really yeah. the, 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 the um, Baba's voice as an adult I was it's driving me crazy trying to figure out who did his voiceover because it sounded again like Sideshow Bob. And I think there was a character a few weeks ago that I was like, is that Sideshow Bob? And he's like, no, it's not. No. So, so it's kind of driving me crazy a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm the same. Like as, as a kid, I would watch this and think, oh, this is so lovely. This is so lovely. And you're just thinking, oh, it's a bunch of cute elephants basically milling around and they're all living in their nice little kingdom that they built for themselves and it's mad because obviously once i started like thinking about this podcast and thinking about stuff to talk about and then i just literally put baba into google and then it's like baba controversy and then i see <laughs> the uh, the good men project thing about racism sexism colonialism and i'm like baba the elephant and then i start reading it and then i'm watching it and then I'm like, okay, I see it. Like, oh, like, this is all very, very uncomfortable to watch. Like, you can see it for what it is now, as opposed to as a kid. I was just like, this is the most adorable thing ever. And then you're thinking, that's why, now I'm thinking, that's why it wasn't on children's television. Like, at all. Yeah. None of this made it to children's television. Not even an inkling of it. And uh, I guess we know why. So shall we go into episodes? Um, oh, yep. hang on. Sorry. Before we uh, go into episodes, I want to say that in 1990, the TV series won the Seven Dior Award for Best Youth Program. So, Million Emission Les Jeunes. I'm guessing that's best youth program in french in 1989 the tv series won a gemini award for best animated program or series in 1990 the show won a gemini for best animated program or series again and it was also nominated for a gemini award for best original music score for a series and in 1992 the tv series won a gemini award for best animated program or series Common Sense Media finds the series suitable for viewers aged four and up hmm. and has given the series four stars out of five, adding Baba is a good role model who promotes sharing and getting along with others. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Baba is so nice and lovely. We don't have to talk about all the contro controversy anymore. Please. <laughs> Please. Four and up. 
I wouldn't let my four. Actually, I would let my four-year-old watch it because I'll tell you, you know what, kid, this is the world. This is what they do to people who look different. I'd be like, yeah, this this is what white folks do to people who are different. I mean, try and teach them their ways and yeah, and then and then to teach them that yeah, if you want to be really good, you can be like this, but you would never be quite as good as us. So yeah, yeah, don't even try. Oh, oh, I've got to say, did you watch any of these cartoons with your son? Um, he wasn't interested to be honest. He was playing with his toys. It's just it's weird. Like I'm like the only adult in the room, and I'm watching the cartoons, and he's playing with something else. <laughs> he's got my phone or, or playing on a laptop or something. I don't blame he's, him. He's not really, but um, he's playing with his duck. Right. So we uh, yeah, let's let's go into episodes. I think I think with these ones, I think we'll just uh, bounce off each other because I know I watched episode one, two, and three because they were quite sort of linked together. So I didn't. I only watched one. All right, yeah, we'll just talk about one and then I can go into two and three. Yeah, so basically this is how Baba got his name um, and it kind of like goes to uh, back to Africa where he's with his mum and he's, um, you know, they're like, oh, what should we call him? It's calling him something like powerful, like Horatio or some other typical names. Archimedes. And Archimedes, yeah. And it's like, um, and then he just goes back, Baba. And they're like, oh, I think we should name him Baba. And I was like, okay, that's flawed because if you were trying Baba. to, yeah, I mean, you would like, Baba. you should, all babies can make a noise, so you shouldn't name them after the first noise they make, right? Otherwise, all babies would be called the same thing. Um, so I thought that was a bit stupid. To be fair, it was a bit of a, co- it was a bit of a cop out of like the whole series is called this. Um, so I thought it was a bit stupid. Um. But then they kind of went to the like you kind of followed Baba's first experience, like and obviously having raised a child for the last couple of years, these are kind of like good for me because you know like you know when he goes in the water and he drowns and this and his mum picks him up and he's like, um, and then he can't move this stump. Uh, so anyway, they hear a noise, hear a noise in the bushes, and they're like, and then. They're like, okay, we need to get out of here because it's dangerous. Everyone's got a bad feeling. And then Baba's like, no, don't move. I like it. This is our house. Cut to Poacher shooting his mum. Now, I don't know about you, but I... blank, mate. It wasn't just... It was was a point blank. I didn't didn't know about this, right? And I'm not joking. This hit me like it had some... Not all, but some of the um, kind of like the depth of Lion King for me because I didn't know this was going to happen. So, <laughs> so, so this like, I was like, what the hell just happened? And then he was like, no, mom. And I was like, oh my God, it was <laughs> yeah. coming down. Wait, um, w- w- wake up, mama. Exactly. We're going to go home, mama. So I was like. run away from the poacher, mama. <laughs> so there's two, two things I thought about. First thing I thought about was uh, Lion King. And I was like, this is actually quite sad. And I did was a bit like, this is really sad. Um, and then uh, and then I thought about um, the pinky and the brain. Uh, and I thought about you. And <laughs> that kind of made it better to deal with. Oh, because... my God. I was... <laughs> I was gone for that for that scene. That, that scene will that will live in infamy for me. Infamy. <laughs> um, yeah. So then anyway, Baba has a fight with the poacher. He bashes him up, and then the whole kind of overriding message was: what you do as a person, it, that's what defines you. It's not like yeah. the, the, what you think about. And 
that's quite like it's quite appropriate considering the antitones to this uh <laughs> series um but that that whole what you do defines you is from a line from uh, batman begins as well so me and that line were like yeah sick so lion you mean elephant um no the line the line oh i thought you said lion i think oh wrong 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 one wrong one uh, no 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 so the the what you do like the what you do that defines you thing is like a batman begins line and that's one of my favorite movies ever so uh um, right, do you want to crack on with episode two and three then? Cause, um... Yeah, so, yeah, as you said, the uh, first episode is, yeah, Baba, Baba's mom is killed by a poacher. Basically, all the elephants run away, as they do, every man for himself. They're all just scattering around the, uh, the jungle, and Baba gets lost, and so he gets further, further out, so he goes into the city. So episode two is called City Ways, and so he's uh, making his way around the city. He has no idea what's happening. He's just walking around. I'm not really sure why anybody isn't thinking, isn't it weird that an elephant is just walking around going, hello. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone's just walking around. He's playing with the kids. He's having a pretty fun time. And then he realizes he has to cross the road. So he's basically stuck in the middle of the traffic. And then the... Uh, Madame comes along and she's like, oh, I'll help you cross the road. So he's like, oh, thank you. I'm finding it all very difficult. And then he sees a place where there's food and they're all like, stop him. He's different. Go away. And so he's saying, oh, excuse me, can you help me? And they're like, go away. Go away, you, you weird looking thing. So they're all just looking around. Everyone's just staring at him, giving him heat. And then he's running away because he's he's eating like all these oranges from like a stand. And so the man's like, stop him, stop him. And so they're all chasing him. Then he gets arrested. And so they're like, um, you have to pay a fine of 30 pounds or you have to spend 30 days in slammer. And so he's like, I don't even know what 30 pounds is. And so they're like, slammer is. Haven't you got... Uh, yeah, haven't you got anyone to pay it for you? And then the old, and then you got Madame who pops up out of nowhere with a newspaper printing of Babar being chased. So I'm thinking that that editor must have got the news out quickly <laughs> that day. Shoot, yeah. like hot off the press. She's like, "Oh, I saw you in the newspaper." Oh, and she's like, "Oh, I'll happily pay the fine, and you could come and stay with me." And so he's going off with the old lady and so she's teaching him how to be human and civilized and how not to be on all fours at all time so he's off learning how to walk on his hind legs i should have watched this because this is where it really gets like kind of yeah and so he's learning all this stuff and then he's learning and then he's going into like the the shopping mall and i'm just watching this and i'm so uncomfortable watching this (laughs) <laughs> like in on on the one hand, I'm thinking, oh, this is all very cute. It's lovely. This elephant is learning how to be all human, but the undertones is just it's too much. It's yeah. it's, it's it's weight. And then so he ends up putting on this fine green suit with the waistcoat with the red tie. Like yeah, he was drip looking all on point. Like he looked like he was about to go out to the town that night and and what have you. And so. 
she's hosting a uh, society dinner in Baba's honor. So she's inviting the whole town so that they can meet Baba. He gets really nervous because he's like, I don't really know what to do. I don't really know how to how to behave around all your human friends. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. And initially, he's looking like a, I was going to say a, an elephant in headlights. But yeah, he's looking like a... <laughs> And a deer in headlights, he doesn't know what to do. He's trying to like put chairs out for different people, but he's confused. So both like socialite women are on their ass because he doesn't know how to be a gentleman. He's using his trunk to like eat food. And then in the end, she's like, oh, just be yourself, relax. Everybody will love you. It's fine. And then he comes back down. Everybody loves Baba. Everybody loves this new thing that Madame is showing off, like her new little toy, her new little thing, accessory. Oh, look at me. I've got this cute little elephant and I'm going to teach him the ways of the world and, and, and what have you. And then in the end of this episode, he's like, oh, do you think my mom will be proud of me? And it was just like, I think she just kind of was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm sure she'll be proud of you, but it's like it, it appears that she has taken on that role now and it's like, that is not your child, madame. Like, you need to back off, Boomer. Episode 3, Babar returns. So, in this episode, yeah, Babar and uh, madame, they're going for a walk in the in the, the forest or the jungle, whatever. And they come across Celeste and Arthur. They're like, oh my god, Baba, we found you. It's been so long. It's been a minute and all this stuff. And they were like, we really need you to come back to uh, the jungle because uh, the poacher's back and he's relentless and he's making us move deeper and deeper into the jungle. You need to come and, and, and help us. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come and help you. So before they go to the jungle... Baba takes Celeste and he takes Arthur to do some clothes shopping. So he's like, look at me. I'm wearing clothes. I look good. Why don't you guys come and look good like me? So they're learning all about how to dress, how to eat cream puffs, how to drink tea and sip tea like civilized people and all this stuff. And then Madame is getting all emotional. She's like, oh, Baba, I don't want you to go. And he's like, you look, I've got to go. I've got to go. And handle my business i've got to go see my family i've got to go and save them and i've got to see if i can try and help them so they all set off into the jungle and they're all having like a, a committee meeting and the king is there so he's basically saying right what we all need to do is uh, an elephant stampede and you know like with elephants how they all come to a, an agreement is that they all just raise their trunks in the air and go and basically they're all doing <laughs> they're all they're all doing that and then they're going shh shh they're all going <laughs> but because initially they're all going <laughs> they're all just making an absolute racket. <laughs> making a racket, it's like shh everybody's gonna hear you. And so Babar's like, look, 
this is a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing this. We should try and use our brains. We should try and use all this stuff. And they're like, have you forgotten who you are, boy? <laughs> like, use an elephant. Like, you die. You, I was about to say the n-word but like <laughs> is you crazy like we 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 as elephants and we got act like elephants and but barbara's like but what i learned and they're like we don't really care what you learn in the jungle we're gonna and so the king he's basically doing all of this and he's chowing on these poisonous mushrooms thinking oh he's like oh food is very very scarce and he's just like <laughs> food food is very very scarce <laughs> and he just he just drops dead and they're like oh snap our king is dead and so Cornelius is like right we need to follow what the, the king said and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead with uh, the uh, the elephant stampede but Babar's like you know what I'm gonna think of something else and so he he actually brought his car into the jungle and he had all these like props. So he had like a, what's it called? Like a, it's like a music player, like a really old fashioned music player with like the gramophone. sort of gramophone. That's the one. So he's got like this gramophone and he's like, you know what? We're going to use the gramophone. We're going to use all of our equipment and what have you. And I don't know how the other elephants get trapped, but they somehow get trapped. And so they they see where the, uh, the poachers are staying. And so they're playing music from the gramophone and all the poachers are all going into the jungle thinking, oh, where's this, where's this noise coming from? Let's, uh, let's, let's try and stop that noise. And then they uh, release all the elephants. And so they're all just scattering about the place. And then the poachers like, oh, snap, they've come to um, get the elephants. And so they're like running around, basically. And so Babar's using the car. So he's using the car to try and fend off the, uh, the poacher. A car breaks down, but then Arthur comes with like a, a battering ram of some sort and he just like knocks off the poacher. And so they basically manage to fend off the poacher successfully. And so all the um, the elephants decide that Babar should be king. And so Babar's like, right, now that I'm king, I want to build this city. I want to build a place where all the elephants can be safe, where all the elephants can protect one another where all the, the kid elephants can have a place to play. And so I didn't watch episode four, but I'm guessing episode four was when they uh, they get around to building Celesteville. And so they build this big fancy kingdom. And then obviously it culminates with Babar marrying his cousin Celeste. And they have children together and they all live happily. Well, they don't live happily ever after because there's a, lot, a bunch of other stuff happening. And yeah, the Madame somehow leaves the city and decides to live in Celesteville with all the elephants. And I did watch a little bit of the finale. So this was like all the way to season six. I got bored halfway through because it wasn't anything like the old series. So basically, I think in these episodes, it's just basically Baba and his family traveling all about the place. And they're basically going to the fabled land of happiness but they end up getting through this obstacle course. And yeah, like I said, I was really, really bored. Like it wasn't anything like the old Babar series where I was like with all the, um, the tales of Babar as a kid. And even like as a, as an adult elephant ruling the, uh, the elephant, the elephant world. 
I didn't know that female elephants had tusks as well. I just thought it was men elephants. I don't think I knew that either. To be honest, I think in all elephants, I think yeah, I think I think so. It's a case of all elephants grow tusks. So the bulls have big tusks, though, right? The the big African bulls, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing. But yeah, that was uh, Baba. Any final um, legacy? No, to be honest, I mean, like, it's hard to, like, like I said, the, the cartoon itself is really nice, but it's hard to like th- to feel fondly about a cartoon that yeah. has so many negative undertones, right? Um, yeah. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's just for me, it's like kind of tainted the whole show for me. <laughs> it's hard I to mean, take it at face value. Yeah, though. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. Because, yeah, like, I keep saying, like, as a kid, like, this was, this was, like, very adorable, very cute. Again, this is a cartoon that resonates with me strongly growing up as a kid. Like, this was something that I watched pretty much all the time when it came on as a kid, and I I loved it. And for the longest time, I never, even, like, as an adult, even now, I never really thought about it, and I never really clocked on all the undertones and all the... um, all the negative connotations that that becomes associated with with Baba, but now that you see it, it's one of those things where you can't unsee it. No matter what, you Baba has all of those undertones for a reason. And if you're reviewing it and you're going out of your way, like some of the reviews I read, it was like, oh, this was a very, very nice, fun cartoon that teaches kids about sharing and responsibility and morals and while that might be the case you also have to front up and face the reality that yes baba was hella controversial it was hella deep and like i said like i was watching this and i found it incredibly uncomfortable to watch the way that she takes him in the way all the other people are staring at Baba, like he's some weird alien, like he doesn't look like me, he doesn't sound like me, he doesn't act like me. And then you've got this lady who you might think is unassuming and sweet, but it's like, oh, I'm going to teach this this backwards creature the ways of living and, and, yeah. and yeah. all of this stuff. And, it, and, it's, and it's incredibly... Um, it's incredibly uncomfortable and it's and that's something that no matter what you think of the show that is something and it's an element that you you cannot take away no matter what yeah agreed and uh yeah so i think that'll be a good place to uh to end the chat and uh yeah it'll be a good place to end i do I do want to say uh bill withers who was a famous musician he did uh, pass away the other day so obviously he had big hits like Lean On Me and Ain't No Sunshine. And if you don't know those two songs... I definitely all, know those songs. Then I'll, I will just... I'll end everything and I'll shut it down like Diddy. I will, And even one of the founders of Fountains of Wayne passed away as well, which was like really, really sad. Yeah, Adam, Adam Schlesinger. So yeah, he was one of the founding fathers of Families of Wayne, and yeah, Stacy's mom has got it going on. So that was a, a classic song of theirs that they released in the early two thousands. So yeah, I mean, it's been quite a 
a grim 2020. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, and it appears that we're probably going to be inside longer, as long as you've got idiots outside basking in this sunshine. Then chances are that this uh, this lockdown won't be over anytime soon. Yeah, so act responsibly, people. Act responsibly. Yes, please do. And uh, if you want to get involved, if you want something to do, then uh, message me and you can get involved with Yesterday's Capers. And if you're a woman, then your application will be fast-tracked over over the men. So, uh, I mean, you might be put off by the Fireman Sam discussion we had last week, but... Uh, it's all, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And uh, yeah, on that note, bring it to an end. You can uh, listen to yesterday's capers. We are available wherever you get your podcast from. So give us a listen. If you're on Apple Podcast, then please drop a review and let us know what you think. Every little bit helps. I had a note from someone on YouTube saying that he enjoyed the Lizzie McGuire slash Zoe One on One and Clarissa episodes. So uh, shout out to you, Tim. And I appreciate you writing that message. And on the socials, you can find Yesterday's Capers on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. On Twitter, it's Yesterday Capers. You can find me on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a follow. Give me a holler if you definitely want to get involved. Like, I'm being serious. If you want to get involved, you need only ask and we can make something happen, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Papers.